We're looking for two oil boys who can grease us up before each competition. You do the thing you're scared shitless of, and you get the courage after you do it. That's the way it works. That's the dumbass way to work. It should be the other way around. You'll have to excuse my friend. The town is back that way. You should make a radical change in your lifestyle. I mean, the core of man's spirit comes from new experiences. That's the way it works. Don't worry, we'll catch our break too. Just gotta keep our eyes open. I'm upgrading to fiber. I'm just waiting on the equipment. But, like I said, by, by episode five, this is gonna be a clean so machine. It's gonna be so streamlined, man. Alright. Well, Merry Christmas. Looks like we're lost, listeners. Yeah. I'm Dustin Redazel. And joining me is a man who loves nutcracking. It's Tommy Cooksey. If anybody ever watches the video of this, there they are right there on the desk. There's the cowboy. And there is the pirate. Yeah, man. Man. You know, so much nutcracker diversity. It's, you know, it's one of those things, you know, once you become a parent, you start to realize like how you become that guy or that dad. It's like, you know... Everett saw one nutcracker that I had that I brought home from work, and now I'm the nutcracker guy to him. Like he, he even told the he even told the lady when he bought it. He said, "Oh, my dad loves nutcrackers." <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'll show up for some school function. You know that lady? Up. Yeah, yeah. You know she thinks you're just some weirdo who collects nutcrackers, has like 25 of them, Yeah, 30. Yeah, like I'm to her, to that lady, I'm on the same level as like a ventriloquist. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, two parents out there, I should say this. Um if you're playing this podcast out loud, Tommy and I are going to talk about Christmas and we're going to talk about uh, the best Christmas movie of all time. We're going to do our top five lists, and that's going to include some spoilers about the nature of Jolly St. Nick and his his debatable reality in this universe. So, uh, you know. Just be mindful. Lightly. Put in the AirPods. Just be mindful. Yeah, yeah. we do I I like that we don't give out a uh, a warning for explicit language or anything yeah. like that. Yeah, but it's like this one's big. It's the big we, one. Yeah, we need to make sure. Yeah, this is like the first talk. You know what I mean? Like this is the first talk parents have with the kids. <laughs> Speaking of, I I take it you guys and yeah, spoilers out there, so it's going now. I take it you guys are still pretending like Santa is in fact real. Yeah, absolutely. Are you just going to try and keep that going as long as possible? Dude, we do the elf and everything, man. It's it's the deal over here. Okay, I respect it. I'm all you for guys, it. You guys don't, right? Uh, well, we haven't really had to yet, right? Like, Walter was one. Well, Walter wasn't even one last Christmas. He's one now. I don't know. We're we're going to figure it out. I just when I was a kid, you know, my brother was 3 years older than me. I don't really think I ever thought Santa Claus was real. So that doesn't really mean anything to me. Yeah, I was the older brother, so I was able to kind of carry it out. As long as I was believing, we were all believing. <laughs> 
Makes sense. But yeah, man. Do you have a... I'm just going to jump right into the the Christmas stuff, and we'll get to the movies in a little bit. Yeah, man. But speaking of, like, you were the oldest brother and things you did as kids, do you guys have any weird family traditions or newly created traditions that are just unique to Tommy Cooksey, wife and kids? You know, um, I can't think of anything super bizarre. We, we we have had a tradition where we kind of treat ourselves. We you know we go to church Christmas Eve and we go to um, uh, Sullivan's Steakhouse. Treat ourselves to a nice, nice New York strip. Maybe you know maybe maybe we go Porterhouse. I don't know. Um, <sighs> yeah, but it's the season. Yeah, you know, and, and you know, so so we do that, and the the kids tend to actually, you know, they're pretty excited about that, even though it's just a steakhouse. You know, we let them watch a little TV and eat some junk food and stuff like that. Um, we have carried on a tradition that um, at some point, I don't know when it started in my house growing up. You know, I I, I happen to be a big fan of Thanksgiving. I love the Thanksgiving meal, even though it's, you know, it's now that I'm older, I'm like, it's kind of bland and everything's the same color. It's not really that good, but I've always loved it. And I always, even as a kid, I felt like, why is this great meal in think in, in November? And then again in December, like got to have some space there. Um, but at some mm-hmm. point my dad was like, you know, I'm just kind of tired of having Turkey again. <laughs> Don't really want the mashed potatoes. Love he loved my mom's lasagna, so so we're a lasagna on Christmas family. <laughs> I actually don't hate that. It's you know it's just yeah. just just like any good half Irish, uh, half Hawaiian family would do. We have lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, given my stance on. Fried chicken over turkey on the first truly autonomous Thanksgiving of my life. Who am I to judge? Well, how was it? Let's just ask yeah, that. Was it was it good? It's incredible. I made it myself. Uh, yeah, it's fantastic. Did you look up a recipe and for the spices for the batter, or did you just kind of wing it? No, looked up a recipe. You have to. Uh, yeah, I mean, I appreciate the art of cooking. Mm-hmm. I am... An amateur. I like to cook and, more like a like no, I didn't want to. Like, I need want the ingredients. I don't want to see a pinch of salt. Tell me, you know, like a quarter <laughs> tablespoon. Like that's what I need to know. I'm with you 100. I have like maybe seven or eight dishes that I'm I'm confident bordering on arrogant <laughs> about, and I'll just. I've handfuls of spices, throwing it up in the air throughout the kitchen. Yep. You know, but uh, fried chicken, it, it, I'm not making that a ton. Yeah. No. You know, just tell me what to blend with the buttermilk. Either way, it was awesome. It was good. Yeah. What about, oh, yeah. What, what about y'all? Any any weird uh, or, or different, unique, let, let's say, Redazel, the, the OG Redazel family and the new Redazel family? Anything weird that you guys did or just, you know, maybe is, is unique to y'all? No, the, the OGs, we were a pretty traditional waspy Christmas. You know, we, we we read Luke 2 before we opened the presents, which just drives you freaking insane when you're a kid. Man. Uh, but had to do it. Um, 
Oh, I'll tell you, we do have one, and it is actually a little... I didn't think it was weird. <laughs> this is how you know it's weird, is that I didn't think it was weird yeah, until like, we everybody... Everywhere told me this. Christmas Eve dinner is a shrimp boil. That is so interesting. It's... <laughs> I don't know where it comes from. You know what I think it is? You You grow up in Kansas... And shrimp feels exotic. <laughs> That's exactly it got, where I was going. <laughs> <laughs> it got passed down from my grandparents. They did it like, oh, I hated shrimp as a kid. I grew into it. Now I love shrimp. And it, you know, the the little oddities of it turn into, uh, you know, who can, it's, it's not already peeled either. It's peel and eat. Oh, so you're just around there. Gosh, that you're house smelled great. You're around there peeling. <laughs> Oh yeah, it smells terrible because it's the dead of winter. Yeah, you're, you're boiling all the shrimp inside. Oh, yeah. It's Old Bay, just mm-hmm. fumigating the place. Uh-huh. And then uh, you know I'm a nail biter. Some people like their shrimp spicy. It's getting into my cuticles. Oh yeah. But you can't stop because the competition is this plate of shells in front of you, and you're trying to out eat your cousin Sean. Wow. And it's. I didn't think anything of it. I just thought like, hey, everybody does a big spread on Christmas Eve. You know, some people do a ham. We do 50 pounds of shrimp. I, I honestly don't know how much it is, but it's a well, lot I mean, of shrimp. Well, I, I've seen the brothers Redazel and Papa Redazel, and I bet you guys can put down some shrimp. <laughs> There's no doubt in my mind. We can handle some shrimp. For some reason, we usually pair it with garlic bread. Don't know what that's. Well, about. you know, it's weird. My mom used to make uh, what is the weird? She she would make chicken and dumplings and then make uh, croissant rolls with it. It's like what? That's the dumplings. Like what are you? That sounds. What are you doing? <laughs> it, it needs a little more bread. Yeah, yeah, a little more bread. Yeah, you know, actually, uh, Annie's Annie's dad. He's he's from Sicily, and they they do. Gosh, is it seven fishes or thirteen fishes or something like that? And he's like. They, they he he bakes like I don't know it's somewhere between seven and thirteen I don't know the exact number it's a lot and he's like man broad, he's right? like man the house smells and it's not like salmon and tuna it's like probably some octopus like not even fish <laughs> yeah. just and I'm yeah. like I, and and Annie hates fish so well here's the best thing about that and while well, I've gotten zero clearance on the new Redazel family mimicking this OG tradition. The amazing thing about it is that shrimp stinking up the house tied to such a festive time of year. <laughs> it does a number on your senses. I smell shrimp. I get so jolly. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, man. Isn't that so funny? That's hilarious, man. Yeah, it's a little odd. I love it. It's a little odd. The, uh, yeah, I would love to carry that on. I would love to mess with Walter's perception of the scent of shrimp. Yeah, well, shrimp is so ubiquitous. You'd have to get, you'd almost have to like f- fly in KC uh, ribs or something. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's that's too pleasant of a smell. It, is. it doesn't have that same yeah, yeah. Uh, dysmorphia to it. Yeah, there was something else I wanted to say about that, but. There's no way it was important. Oh, I know what it was. I Just real quick, because it doesn't really matter at all. I would just like to have on the record that I am a big fan of weird food pairings. Okay. So anytime, anytime you bring something unusual, 
after uh, our mutual friend Charles Ball moved to Miami and he came back and visited, uh, he spent the night once. It was like leaving the next morning. My my big send off breakfast was pizza bagels and a filet mignon. <laughs> In my mind, you could not do better. That's the that's the top. I mean, that, that's the upper echelon. It's it's what you want as a kid, and it's what you want as a grown man. Um, my my roommate, he's been my best friend since I was a year old in, in college. Once we had to cook on our own, we didn't have a meal plan. You'd often come home to find him eating canned asparagus, uh, baked beans, and a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> it's like it's fantastic. You got you got the food groups, man. Yeah, if it fits your macros. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's pre if it fits your macros. He was he was a uh, trailblazer. Well, dude. So innovative. It's funny. Me and Annie talked about this the other. Because, you know, you, especially once you start having, like, you know, Santa and so forth, it's like, well, we can't we can't go anywhere for Christmas because how do you explain that? And how do you bring the gifts with you and so on? And I realized I don't think in my entire life have I ever spent a Christmas morning anywhere other than my own house, whether it be my house, you know, growing up or down here. Have you ever Have you ever woken up anywhere other than, like, the house you were born in or lived in? It's incredible. Well, yes, first of all, because we always rotated. Well, Christmas morning was always in in my parents' yeah. house. And then once I got married, we've done the rotation where we go home for uh like to Kansas City for one Christmas and then to Katie's parents' house yeah. for the other Christmas. Yeah. So, we've never done Christmas in me and Katie's home. Um, that could potentially change this year, depending on when this baby girl shows up. But yeah, I spent Christmas of 2016 in the UNC oncology suite. Yeah. So that was a weird one. Uh Uh-huh. Um, but my parents flew into town. I remember that. Um, yeah, it was, it was actually pretty fun, you know, for all all, cards, all things considered, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if if you're going to be, I don't know if it's better or worse to be uh, doing that on Christmas, but you get like an extra helping of good cheer. You know, the nurses are trying to make it fun. They're wearing, uh, they're wearing Santa hats. There's some carolers that came by. There was a golden retriever. Oh, well, you don't. Who pulled a, who pulled a hot chocolate wagon. Oh, man. I mean, pretty amazing. Two of my favorite things right there. You don't have to sell me on that. How do I get that to my front door? (laughs) When a golden retriever pulls a wagon of hot chocolate into your room, I defy you to not be happy. Even even in the midst of leukemia, you will be ear to ear. You're like, you know, that that just makes me think that Ripken's not really pulling his weight here in this family. Almost eight years rent-free. Almost eight years rent-free, all right? I try. I'm I'm looking around right now to make sure my dog Brisket doesn't hear me talking about this other golden retriever. He's oh, so he's you're mad jealous, man. Mad jealous. Yeah, it's like it's like if I think too long about LeBron James, it's like ah, I'm barely a human being. It's true. It's true. Um, but no, man, I like to be home for Christmas. Home for Christmas is the the ticket. We we've even like stayed here, woken up, and then drove. You know. This is probably more common, but we then we drove and spent like a weekend 
with the in-laws or something like that. But we're fortunate that our in-laws now all live within like three or four hours. So that's possible. Well, you know, like I know people who vacation for Christmas, like go somewhere and like, it's a cool idea. I like it. But I think if you've been like childhood indoctrinated into the tree and the presents and the meal the and, oil. you know, yeah. the traditional shrimp dinner. <laughs> You beat me to it. Yeah. And the shrimp dinner. Like, it's it's so hard to, particularly once you have your own kids. Like, even a few years ago, I was thinking, like, it'd be sweet to just, like, go to Hawaii every Christmas. Mm-hmm. I'd love that. Yeah. But, like, once you have your own kids, like, I'm already back into it. Yeah. Oh, like, it I'm long. feeling the Christmas. Oh, I'm feeling the Christmas spirit in a way I haven't felt it in a decade. I'm jazzed about it. Yeah, dude. It's funny. I mean, I, I've always been, you know... <clears throat> There, I've, somehow, you know, no matter what, you know, through thick, you know, through through trials and all that stuff, I've always been able to summon that like inner child around Christmas time. Like, you know, my birthday's in late October, so it's it's like birthday. And yours is as well. It's like birthday, Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas. It's like this. It's like this three month stretch of just goodness. And uh, you know, I, I don't think I can really get tired of Christmas music during this time of year. We started extra early. Normally, I'm like a, you know, not till after Thanksgiving. But this year, I think we started like November one. <laughs> took took the ornament or took the uh, Halloween stuff down, and and yeah, I haven't gotten tired of it. I still love it. That's incredible. I I don't have that sort of musical stamina. What's the uh, what's the top Christmas bangers in the Cooksey Hub? Well, so you know, I think you know one one of mine is you know is is uh, is either Jingle Bell Rock or Rocking Around the Christmas Tree. Um, I've always loved it. I actually called into a radio show when I was when I was in like eleventh grade, tenth grade. Don, uh, it was um, I almost said Don Imus. It definitely wasn't Don Imus, <laughs> but it was it was some dude who's like syndicated across multiple. Uh, but, uh, and I, and I talked to him and it was like, oh, this is awesome. He's going to play my song. And I stayed up for two hours. He never played it, but it was Jingle Bell Rock that I requested. But that, you know, that, that one, that one doesn't get old for me. And then, you know, your, your classic, like, um, kind of more, uh, faith-based ones like Holy Night, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, it's really cool Hark too. Hark the Herald is. It's just, and then, you know, once your kids start to like, latch on to songs and start to like be able to sing some words and really get into it. You know, you, you really start to, I don't know. It's even cooler then, you know? Yeah. I, uh, pretty much we tell, I'm afraid to even say the name Alexa. It's like every time you say it, like she comes on and tries to pitch me on a premium account. (laughs) <laughs> we pretty much just tell her to play the holiday favorites and I'm down with whatever. If left to my own devices, I'm going to be singing like Bing Crosby. And what a name, huh? I just can't get enough of it. What a name. Oh, the best old blue eyes. Who's, who, who's yeah, got a better, uh, who's got a better Christmas name, Burl Ives or Bing Crosby? <laughs> <laughs> Burl you know that maybe that's why we named our kid walter i just love the way they did names 60 70 years we ago. have a we have everett you know what i mean so i get it yeah uh, you know i will say though there there's one song that i just can't i, I used to not be out i well there's two songs that i really 
that I really can't take. And I swear, I've, I've, I'm going to flip through every time. One of them is because it's obviously, uh, it, it's baby, it's cold outside. I've had a problem with that one since the first mm. time I heard it because I think it's, it's just kind of creepy. It's really kind of creepy, the, the song. Yeah, I can't, I can't say that my flags went up, but I've, I've never been very sensitive. No, um, <laughs> yeah. I, I have intellectually learned that it's creepy. And we definitely did the John Legend, Kelly Clarkson version in our home recently. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, you know, 12 Days of Christmas, the, the repetitiveness just gets me, man. I can do one, I can do one a year, and then I'm done with it. Yeah, the 12 Days of Christmas, those are the ones you can't let your kids hear. Those are the mind killers. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Although, uh, Reliant K... An old pop punk band. No, they do a very good version of it, and it's much faster. I haven't heard the name Reliant K. Nice pull. Uh, well, you know they, they were they were in a um, they're a Christian band, believe it or not, pop punk Christian yeah. band. Yeah. Well, you may or may not know this about me, but I did some spins on a Christian radio station in college as part of the. I did not know that. <laughs> the media community. <laughs> Oh yeah, so I've I have a very narrow but uh, specific recall on Christian music, and Reliant K was in my mix. Oh yeah, it has to be. I had, yeah, I had, you know, who's the? Uh, gosh, I'm I'm not gonna try to dip back into that, but I want to say the name Tomlin. I, if that, I don't know. I'm thinking like Thousand Foot Crutch. Yeah, Thousand Foot Crutch was in there. Anyway, uh, yeah, I actually enjoyed Reliant K quite a bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's hard, it's hard not to. There. It's hard not to. So, anything else you want to just just dip your toe into the eggnog before we get going on these movies? You know, I just think it, it deserves a mention that um, that the Little Debbie's Christmas tree cake is a snack that is superior to all other holiday snacks in my opinion and i'm talking all holidays i'll put it up against any holiday snack that's bold yeah well i do bold, bold things i do bold things <laughs> get out of here with your homemade pumpkin I, pie give me a d- little debbie cake baby <laughs> the thing is i've i felt like i was about to cheat i was like better than queso on cinco de mayo it's like yeah <laughs> you're just naming a really good food yeah, and ending yeah, a holiday to yeah, put it yeah <laughs> Well, so, maybe not better than a shrimp boil on Christmas Eve, but you know. Dude, I'm telling you. The reason like the it. shrimp boil is genius is because it it like hacks your neurobiology. Yeah, I mean, I think it's fantastic. I hated it. I hated it, and now nothing else would taste right on Christmas Eve. It's fantastic, man. I love it. So, topic today. Top five, top five Christmas movies. And I am stunned. You sent over your list. I am stunned that we almost shared no movies. I agree. Except one. I'm going to... Except one. I'm going to start with my top five. And we'll pause at number two. Hit some honorable your mentions. Your top five. Yep. 
Posit okay. number two. Yeah, let's just trade five and five, four and four, three and let's, three, let's two do and it. two. Yeah, we'll have a little little back and forth on each one. Yep. My top five. One of the most debatable Christmas movies of all time, which is exactly why it's on the list. I knew that's why it was on is there. Is Die Hard. I knew that was going to make your list. A, it had to. I'm too big of a Brooklyn Nine-Nine fan. I'm too big of a John McClane fan. Mm-hmm. And look, I've I've read a lot of blog posts. His wife's name is Holly. Okay. <laughs> it's It's got to mean something. There is uh, a brotherly spirit of Christmas-tude between him and his... His cop brethren. I mean, Carl Winslow. It happens on Christmas. <laughs> I try not to try not to denigrate the character. The, there's there's Christmas music, you know. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I've I've been long against Die Hard as a Christmas movie, which might also not surprise you. It does not. But here's the thing: I put it number five. I get it. It deserves better than an honorable mention because just by sheer power of debate, it has edged its way in. For sure. It's kind of like the shrimp dinner of Christmas movies. It probably doesn't belong here, but it's wormed its way into my heart and it's here to stay. It's on the list. You know, I, I think you're right. I think just, just simply by being a topic of conversation, it's worked its way into... The top five. I can't. I can't debate it anymore. I ha- I've only. I've only seen the movie one time. Um. I need to rewatch it, and maybe I'll do it. Would you sell? Would you celebrate Christmas only one time? I would celebrate Christmas three hundred sixty-five days if I could. <laughs> What's your number five? Number five for me is the uh, Tim Allen at his best, the Santa Claus with an E. Now. Lo- let me tell you a little story about the Santa Claus. Can't wait. So, um, we'll border on on upper PGs on this story, but uh, I think people that listen to this and people that know us will appreciate the story. So, I was in third grade, and um, you know we, we weren't going to the the regular the regular theater to to see it. And we, we I don't know if you guys had these uh, or you grew up, but we had dollar theaters. And so it was that in that mm-hmm. um, purgatory period between video release and, and actual mainstream. And so my, my cousin and his dad, you know, they, they came to pick me up. It was like a Wednesday or Thursday, middle of the week, going to the movies. It's like, this is so cool, man. I'm going to the movies. Uh, he drove a little S10 pickup with a little, uh, you know, it's got the small two doors, front seats, and the sideways sitting back seats that flap down. Very familiar with the S10. Okay, so he had an S10, and you know it's it's you know it's three three dudes in the in the car on a weeknight going to see the Santa Claus, and we're feeling so yeah, I'm feeling so cool, you know, and I'm like, I got a big old toot coming, and I'm gonna rip it, and I'm gonna let them know who it was. <laughs> I I. T- this could not be more telegraphed, and I can't wait. <laughs> let, let, let's just say that it was not an air. It was not air. It was a different state of matter. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, at the uh, Dollar Theater in 
Waldorf, Maryland, went my tidy whities <laughs> They went in the trash can. You know, how old were you? I was in third grade, man. Way too old to be doing that. <laughs> well, it's, you know, you, you don't have to share, but it's always important to kind of document what was the last time you pooped your pants. <laughs> And I'm sure it happened since, but yeah, th- that's that's one of the most vivid because it was like you know you're with your friend's parents and you don't want to say you did it because it's really embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the movie was great, and uh, yeah, you know, I and it's one of those things that was t- Tim Allen changing gears. T- Tim Allen during the home improvement phase, <laughs> the dude couldn't the dude couldn't like, do wrong, right? I know I got you giggly. <laughs> well, it's just like this has got to be the worst segue ever. It's like you can't transition. There's no, there's no transition. So anyway, the movie was good. So yeah, I was ten years old, pooped myself, and uh, we went and saw the movie. <laughs> uh, I lo- I love that that can still make me laugh. Well, you know, as as Walter gets older too, you'll find that those jokes he thinks are hilarious. So. Anyway, there's there's no one debating if the Santa Claus is good or not. You know, you have you have the villain, you have Neil with his Gucci sweaters. No one likes Neil, but Neil comes around. You know, it's uh, Tim Allen. You you're pulling for him. You know he can just see the light, and he does. He does it. And let me just say that this movie single-handedly kept me on the Santa train. For another two years. I was till fifth grade. That's incredible. Here's the logic. Has Everett seen it yet? Uh, parts of it, yeah. It's not quite his holding his interest. Oh, I thought you were going to like hold out like to oh, yeah, that, that's, the big guns. Oh, yeah. That, that, that's going to be a late one to the game. Well, he, here's the logic. Why would adults make a movie about him being real while also acting like he's not real? It means he's got to be real. This just sound logic for a third grader. He still beats himself. Point. <laughs> hey, you solved it. No, I, I like your number four, oh. and I've only seen it one time. Um, and, and well, not to pun it, but I love it. Hit me with your number four. Yeah, yeah, love actually. Uh, just so much of these movies has to do with when you saw them. You know, like if you're gonna stand up. You know, uh, now Die Hard, obviously, unimpeachable in any any movie discussion. It's one of the greatest action movies of all time. But, you know, most of these movies, you're not going to stand up to like a, a No Country for Old Men or The Dark Knight, mm-hmm. Michael Clayton, right? to name some of my favorites. But if you catch some of these at the right time, like Love Actually... I saw for the first time in college and, you know, was probably not as nitpicky about, you know, sensibility and story structure and uh, still, yeah, it just emotionally won me over from the get-go. Yeah. You know, I I liked almost all the characters I found it all charming. The Britishness of it was delightful. Sure. The the guy who flies from London 
to Wisconsin because women would love him in America. And he walks into this random podunk Wisconsin bar and just hotties abound. Mm -hmm. Even that, even that silliness just charmed me. Charmed the pants off the character. Charmed the pants off me. It was wonderful. It feels like it's the kind of movie that only works in a Christmas setting. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. If if you put it in any other sort of situation, and you just make it a standard rom-com, it can't play. But because we all, the same thing that makes the shrimp boil <laughs> awesome is the same thing that makes love actually awesome. You're so overwhelmed with Christmas merriment that you go along with the implausibility of all of it. And the movie is bold enough to just say it right to your face. Yep. Because it's Christmas. Yeah. If you really love Christmas. Like, the whole thing is just challenging you to embrace the holiday. And I do every time, and it makes all the silliness of it so rewarding. Yeah. And I I like Hugh Grant. I'll say it. Yeah, I have no problem with that. I, <laughs> yeah, it's... To me, it's... Uh, even though there's there's Christmas movies that are better, I find myself, you know, when you're in that family situation and somebody says like, hey, do you want to watch Christmas Vacation or Love Actually? Yeah. I also, like, I don't feel worn out by Love Actually yet. The fact that it didn't come around until later in my life and I hadn't watched it a bazillion times, that helps it too. That's great. I think... <clears throat> that's another one that you're going to uh I need to find out where I can watch it uh so I so we can watch that one cuz I like I do like that. I haven't seen it in a couple of years. So uh, a lot of my movies uh tend to center around a simpler time. And uh my number 4 what could be simpler than Charles Dickens Muppets Christmas Carol. <laughs> My favorite part about this was that The Christmas Carol, an an unimpeachable classic of Western society storytelling, and you just picked the Muppets version. Dude, you know, we were, were, so, you know, (laughs) I mean, look, man, I have a tattoo of Mickey Mouse on on my rear tricep. We were a Disney family, and... uh, the something about the Muppets. They're just the Muppets are like pre Shrek. Like Shrek was when you they, they had those first movies that were like kids could enjoy it, parents could enjoy it. That's what the Muppets are to me. Because we I could sit there, I could watch it, and I'm you know I'm you know I don't know seven eight years old. My dad's watching it and laughing at the stuff because it's got some adult ish humor. It's got the real people in it, um, and you know the fact that that. Uh, Gonzo and um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Ray or the, the rat Rizzo Gonzo and Rizzo are like the main storytellers. There's just a comedic value to it that, that only the Muppets can bring to you. And uh, it's probably, I will say that it's probably moved its way to my top five a lot because Everett loves it. And we've already watched it like three mm-hmm. or four times this year. He sings the songs. He talks about the different scenes when we're driving home from school. So probably some recency bias for me but uh hard to take a jim henson twist on a american classic or or western civilization classic 
Man, I'm I'm not going to take any shots at it. I think that's a very accurate way to judge the Muffet. The Muffets. I, I still call them the Muffets. <laughs> I don't know why. I, I'm embarrassed about it, but it's been caught on tape. I can't go back. I'm not <laughs> going to go back. It. You can't edit this. <laughs> I, I, I think it was my mom. For some reason, I called it the Muffets all throughout childhood. And then somewhere around like high school, college age, like I, I figured it out. <laughs> I still, still step on it. Still have these awkward moments where you're like, for. can't believe I said that. So what's, uh, oh, we talked about this guy earlier. Number three, White Christmas. Um, to me, it was, I do not love musicals. Um, I don't have the patience for them. I understand it. I get it. White Christmas kind of does that thing I talked about with Love Actually, where because I only watch it once a year, sometimes every other year, and because I'm vulnerable to a silly, jolly portion of my personality during this season, I can just embrace the whole thing. And because it comes from an earlier time where something about military men singing to raise money to save their general. How are we going to do it? Through the power of song. It's, I can buy in. And when you, when you brought up Christmas songs, like, yeah, the, as soon as the season starts coming around, I start, I'm dreaming of a white. I, I can't help myself. It's a song I sing over and over. I like, uh, I like choreography even. Um, I like knowing little factoids like, hey, do you know that actress is always in a turtleneck because she was anorexic and had some extra skin she was self-conscious about? I'm, I'm all in. I've read the Wikipedia. We'll get, I love it. We'll also check it out. I love it when it first starts to snow and I, I start doing their little uh, pepper shaker dance. Well, th- th- this, snow. this will come as a shock. Never seen it. Never seen White Christmas. <laughs> I'm really sad because I look, and and I'm if yeah I'm I'm a big fan of that of that era. Look, if it was another time of year, I would chastise you. I would call you a philistine. Um, I'd have to go look that up. <laughs> it's it's an unintellectual person, a person who doesn't enrich their life with culture. Uh, not wrong. <laughs> I would, but hey, it's Christmas, you know. I I have goodwill to my fellow man. So I mean, you've given me already three movies that I'm gonna have to now watch or rewatch. So, um, and stop binging on my junk Christmas movies as I bring in my number three. And for the same reason that you still like Love Actually because it came later in life. I'm going with National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, and, and here's why. I had not seen it until I was a full-grown adult. Um, <sighs> we, were awesome. a house, we were a household that you didn't watch The Simpsons, you know? And when you don't watch The Simpsons, you certainly don't watch Clark Griswold at Christmas. Fair amount of no, profanity. You do not. Uh, fair amount of sexual innuendos. You know, look, Russ, no lines. Um, 
And so I, I had never watched it until our, jo- our, our job and our mutual friend, the lover of cats, Doug, the cat Murray, uh, he's like <laughs> the big cat, the big cat. The, the 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 roaster of chickens he um he was like you've never seen that before dude are you like what's wrong with you and i went out and i bought it on dvd and i watched it that christmas and i thought this is fantastic and all these lines that people didn't quote, even rent it you that's a strong recommendation take that you just immediately said oh the the big cat recommended it i'm not going to spend 4 dollars I'm gonna spend nine. I mean, dude, I was, I was grossing, one thousand a month. I was netting, eight hundred a month. All right, I had some extra walking around cash. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so, it's it's stupid, but it's hilarious and it's slapstick and it's for me it's just the right amount of Chevy Chase. I'm not a big. I'm not a big. Um, Oh, what's the golf one that he's in? I, um, Caddyshack. I'm not a big Caddyshack, Caddyshack. guy. Yep. Yeah, yeah. But but this is like just it's like a like a nicely aged cheese. It's a nicely aged Chevy Chase. Like he's not too young. He's not this old like plan a racist guy on Community. He's just like he's prime time Chevy Chase. And uh, yeah, you know, Merry Christmas. Kiss my ass. Look, it's. <laughs> It's an unassailable pick. It probably has the most... It's got to be up there for most repeated Christmas lines. It's had a whole second life in meme culture. Like, the number of the number of GIFs I get in family texts now that come from that movie, mm-hmm. it, it outstrips anything else easily. The the one-liners really get me. The one-liners are the ones like, uh, bend over and I'll show you. <laughs> that oh, one. Classic. <laughs> what are you going to do with a tree that big? Oh, man. Yeah. So we're, kinda, we're, we're getting into the... Bend over, bend over and I'll show you is one of the best statements ever. I love it. I love it. All right. Yep, you're right. We're uh, the skinny part of the Christmas tree here. Number two for me, uh, one of your honorable mentions, but I I ramped it up to almost number one, A Christmas Story. Yeah, the old man was a turkey junkie. <laughs> it has to me the most gruesome scene I've ever seen in a movie. The most spine tingling, blood curdling, tongue on a frozen flagpole. Oh yeah, that's tough to watch. I, yeah, it's, honestly, if I have my druthers, I fast forward through it. It is the worst. Um, But hey, a valuable lesson for any young child. How many of us did not do that because of that movie? Oh, yeah, it was, it was game over for me after that happened. I, I turned down every dare. I was, my belly was so yellow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Your yellow belly. (laughs) The the number of times I have changed the quote, 
my old man worked in profanity the way that other artists work in clays or oils. I love that. I change that profanity to almost anything I'm doing and say it to Katie on a weekly basis. <laughs> Dude, it look, l- let me just say that, that that movie is either honorable mention for me or my top movie. And the only reason why is I made I made this mistake. In the same way, so I don't have I don't have my DVD collection anymore. <laughs> Annie threw them all out. <laughs> why would you not? Uh, I know, I know. I uh, I have trouble throwing things away, but I uh, I also bought uh, a Christmas story, and then I didn't have to wait until Christmas Day when TBS plays it all day long. And I just watched it too much. I just watched it way too much. And now I'm beginning to look forward to, to watching it on Christmas Day again. I mean, the story the story is impeccable. I mean, it's it's to me, it's flawless. Yeah. The story is flawless. I can't hate on this as a second pick. No, it's it's just the best. Um, that <laughs> little kid, <laughs> just thinking of his little face behind those glasses. Oh, yeah. Uh, it feels right. All right, you're number two, and I gotta ask you, why not Lost in New York? I, you know, so you state your number two first. Just say it out loud. Yeah, Home Alone, Home Alone, and Home Alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Home Alone could be two A and two B for me with a Lost in New York. They're right up there. You know, it's it's. What do you have to say about it? The Kenosha Kickers, you know, <laughs> it's John Candy coming in at the very end, stealing the show, stealing the show. Buzz's girlfriend, though. Oh, wolf. 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 You know, so it's, it's such a, it's such a, I also think Joe Pesci's hilarious. He is. It's undeniable. Yeah. I mean, J- Joe Pesci, uh, whatever the other guy's name is, uh, Marv. 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 I don't know. Yeah. He kind of played the same role for like a 10-year stretch in every movie. <laughs> I think he was in, uh, it was like a, there was a one called like uh, Camp or something like that. It was just like big Camp. I forget what it was. Bushwhack. Daniel Stern. Nope. Yep, Daniel Stern. Daniel Stern. But you know, there there's this part of the movie. So obviously, you know, I love it for all the slapstick and the just the tomfoolery, the silliness. But there is a part in the movie where I nearly cry or definitely cry every single time. And it's when him and the old man are talking in the church. And it's something about the old man hasn't talked to his, his son in, you know, thir- 20 years. And he d- doesn't even know his grandkids. And there's something about that. And 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 the old man overcomplicating a very simple situation in Kevin McAllister oversimplifying the situation from like a, a kid's heart that just really tugs at my heartstrings. And it's like, ah, just feels good. Just, just, a, just, yeah. Well, I was going to say that is the, I'm with you growing up. It's, it's child fantasy land. You know, the, the fact that you can beat the adults, you know, that you're, 
your ingenuity and all your little toys have all these secret powers. It's like there's a whole bigger world inside of you. If only you were left unencumbered by the rules of adult world. Yeah. And yet at the same time, and this is what makes it brilliant, right, is there's no such thing as home alone. If you are home alone, you are not home. And that's where that old man is so poignant that like you get the fantasy land and you got everything you wanted and it wasn't what you wanted at all because happiness when it isn't shared doesn't exist. You know? And the movie deserves a lot of credit for that. It's right there in the title. They knew what they were doing. And yet at the same time, it's it's arguably like a Christmas story is more clever. National Lampoons probably has the biggest laughs. But Home Alone might be the most fun movie on the list. It's fun. It is. Just start to finish. It's a blast. Yeah. Unfortunately, it ruined one young man's life, but uh, we're forever indebted to him. Hey, he made the ultimate sacrifice. <laughs> he did. He did. So do, do, you, do you want to rattle off? So that, that's that's our five through two. Do you want to rattle off some, some honorable mentions that uh, that didn't quite make the cut? Sure. I, I got to call out Charlie Brown Christmas. Yeah, I'm right Short there with you. Short but sweet. Barely a movie, right? Not Probably doesn't even count. It, it's only a movie because it was on TV and they had like five minutes of commercials. If you watch it straight through, it's like 12 minutes and it's really kind of a disappointment. <laughs> Yeah, but part of its longevity, at least in the public consciousness in my personal mind, is that it's so short that I actually remember the whole thing. You know, we're going through... We're going through some of these other movies. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm grabbing bits and pieces. But yeah, Charlie Brown Christmas, short and not, sweet. Not to mention Linus's soliloquy is on point. Yeah. Yeah. Luke too, Nails it. Nails it. Understands the season. He gets it, man. Uh, my other one, just to spend no time on it at all, Home Alone 2, Lost in New right York. Right there with you. I agree. I agree that Home Alone is better for all the themes I just pointed out. But Lost in New York, like usually when a sequel does that biggest thing, like, okay, we had this heist, now we're going to do it in France. We're going international. The the explosions are bigger. The cast is broader. Normally that falls flat. Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, getting trapped inside the the toy store. Oh, yeah. Like, when you're watching that sequel as a kid, the bigger is better really works on you. It does. And, uh, you know, it it takes me back to a time when Donald Trump was a helpful individual. <laughs> he, had a, he had a brief stint in that, and he was also the... Uh... He had a lot of parts in kids' movies. He he was the dad of the of the kind of villainous kid in Little Rascals, believe it or not. You know, brief he, cameo. Had a big heart. <laughs> loved the kids. He loved yeah. Don loved the kids. Um, so I, I'm with you on on Charlie Brown and Home Alone too. The other two that, that that crack my honorable mentions. I think you can't have a Christmas list without Rudolph. Claymation is so weird. It's weird, and even as an adult, I barely know how how they did it, you know, and whatever that is, the fifties or sixties. But um, it's just it's just a, it takes a, a, a tale a, a tale as old as time, makes it digestible, and uh, you know, little little characters like Yukon Cornelius really just I just get them. 
I like them. The other one for me is Understood. a is a more recent one that that we watched um, when it first came out, and I was like, "This is a this movie's stupid." And then I watched it again and again and again, and it's probably because one of my uh, celebrity man crushes, Ryan Reynolds, is the star. But Just Friends for me uh, is is such a great and quotable, hilarious Christmas movie. There's really not much heart to it. But the laughs for me, I can I could watch that one all year long. Yeah, I'm with you. And the thing is, I'm I'm less of a a Ryan Reynolds guy and more of a a Dusty Dinkelman guy. Simply Dusty. Yeah. Is there any other kind? <laughs> you know, the one thing <laughs> Dusty's great, but the one thing about Dusty is he's from Jersey, so he skis in his jeans. <laughs> Well, dude, we've we've come to it. What a shameful thing to do! Yeah, yeah, we're here, man. Number one. Uh, so I will just for for the hundreds of listeners at home, uh, I I should say that we did not share. We built our lists independently. So the fact that this was the only movie that we shared and we both put it number one is actually pretty surprising to me. I was afraid that you had never even watched this movie, which you had to have told me at some point. Probably. And so bad bad friendship on my part. But number one is It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, man, even just saying it. This is one of those movies. So when I talk about, I'll cry the whole movie. I would cry that entire movie. Uh, dude, I... I it's it's one of those ones when you get to the end, you're like, what am I so upset about? Every time. It's like a cleansing. Yeah. I'm... My family watched this every year. Um, it was only when I got older that I even realized that there were people who didn't watch this movie. To me, it was as ubiquitous as like The Wizard of Oz. Or, sure. I don't know. It's just like I thought everybody had this one like in their bones. And only when I found out that not everybody really watched it religiously, even though I think it's widely known, uh, did I really start to dig into it and like what do I what do I love about this movie? Yeah. And I do think it's a movie you have to have some experiences to appreciate. Yeah. You got to have some disappointments, some letdowns. Um you've had to do a little bit of searching about like what is really meaningful. Yeah. And you know, it's it's all right there in the title. And like you said, just saying it, it's a wonderful life, is almost the point of the movie. Exactly, yeah. Like, can can you get through everything and look at what you have, the sum total, and say the, say the words out loud? Yeah. It's a wonderful life. And if you can, in some ways, like, the gift of Christmas is the same thing as the gift of life. It's just a thing we all are kind of in together and you make the most of it and the reason people love christmas is we all just kind of agree to make it awesome yeah and you can do that with life too and george bailey oh. 
for for my money is a like I might put him on my Mount Rushmore of admirable characters. Not because you know, opposite of what we said in the beginning, like I think of LeBron James, and it's just like, wow, what a ball of talent that guy. He's got things going on. But George Bailey is just a guy. He's the everyman's guy. Right. And beset upon by like everything he didn't want and just started handling it. In some ways, it's he's kind of like uh, he's kind of like a quintessential dad hero. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He's just taking the mundane struggles and and working through them. Yeah. Yeah, it's um you're right in that, you know, when I was a kid it was like, oh, this black and white movie that seems to take forever. And then, you know, once once you've once you've experienced some stuff, especially once you're once you're a parent, you've had some struggles with a job or you kind of feel like maybe you missed an opportunity and you sort of sacrificed yourself for someone else's betterment, etc. It's like you really feel the movie. And yeah, I mean, gosh, it, you're right. George Bailey is the every man's man. In bed, in yeah, Bedford I love Falls, my favorite Bedford Falls. <laughs> There's, I, I've got so many parts of this. I love, I, I love Mister Potter. We play Monopoly as a family, and whenever, uh, whenever somebody starts buying up someone else's property, the rest of us will band together against them and be like, "Oh, Mister Potter, oh, man, that's so good." The, I love the, my, my lip, my lips bleeding. Yeah, my lips bleeding. Yes, yes. I love Jimmy Stewart's overacting. Uh huh. Uh huh. And I love Clarence the Angel looking sincerely at George Bailey. You see, George, you really had a wonderful life. It's all just, it's all gold to me. And not to mention, I mean, what? what who's um. And I didn't. I didn't look this up. I should have. Uh, who is the actress who plays uh, Mary? I do not know off the top of my head, but I'm going to tell you in two seconds here. Let's see, Mary Hatch Bailey, played by Donna Reed, is an adult. Donna Reed. Well, of course she was. Otherwise, says as an adult. Well, they mean like the child. Mary Bailey was played by Jean Gale. Oh, okay, I got you. Yeah, she was she was gorgeous in that movie. Oh yeah, just a total heartthrob. Had no business dating George Bailey. No, <laughs> no, she did not. Hmm, that's another suck. Buffalo gal. Oh yeah, come tonight, out tonight. Would you come out tonight. Uh, she should have married uh, the the guy who went on to uh, to manufacture plastics. That's what I think. Oh no question, hee haw! The uh, totally different you, story. You know, the other thing I love too is Jimmy Stewart is just an awesome actor. Like he's so weird when when he's doing the whole thing about lassoing the moon. Oh yeah. Well, what would you say, Mary, if I if I lassoed the moon for you, and I pulled it down? <laughs> started to and I put it in your mouth and it started to dissolve and beams of light started shooting out of your eyes <laughs> overacting I, at I its would finest bet, 
I would bet money he improved that line. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that, it's incredible. That that ending scene where where they're where they're all you know he's kind of uh, they're singing all lay song. Oh yeah. And uh, you know he's kind of losing. He has I think he's holding Zuzu. Yeah. Yep. Zuzu's pedals. Zuzu's pedals, man. They're in his pocket. Every time a bell rings, angel, gets, angel his gets his wings. Yeah, man. All this right. Well, fun, that's official dude. then. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life is the best Christmas movie ever made. Yep. Un- don't even debate it. <laughs> Unimpeachable. Um, you know, and really, when people tune into our podcast, that's what they come in for is the expert opinions on cinema. We didn't even talk about shots. I mean, the cinematography in any of these movies, we could break that down for hours. Sure. So, yeah. You know, we're just giving you the filtered opinion here. Number one, it's a wonderful life. All right, man. We're moving on to the weekly segments. We're not really strangers. Um, no Christmas theme here, although you could definitely make it Christmas theme. So, random pull from the pile. Oh, this is nice. What can I be kinder towards myself for today? Mm. Yeah, this one's easy for me. You want me to go? Yeah. Not having all the answers. I think I, you know, expand on that. Yeah, so I think you know you're you become a dad and you 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 know and a husband and you've been those for several years and you know I've been in in sales or account management for the better part of thirteen fourteen years and I you know I just started a new job Annie just started a new job Um, you know the kids are hitting new milestones where I'm like oh I'm not exactly sure how to handle this and. I sometimes get really down on myself and really hard on myself for just not having it together, not knowing what to do, not knowing who to talk to. Um, and uh, I would never, we talk about this all the time, but I, I would never put someone else down for, for not having all the answers, right? I'd help, I'd help them find the answers. And so for me, if, in, in moments like that, when I can stop and say, it's okay, right? Not, not having the answer to this question, not being able to talk to this thing or this thing, or, you know, maybe you said the, you know, maybe, maybe you responded in the wrong way to your wife or your kids, you know, that's okay. And it's going to be okay. All you do is you then regroup, you apologize if it was something you did wrong and, you know, you move forward from there. So I think for me, to be to be easier on myself right now in the moment is to be cool with hey you don't have to have all the answers and that's all right. Mm, that's good. I definitely have a little bit of that in myself. I the first thing that springs to mind is to answer the question is like all the things I feel like I'm not doing well enough yet, right? Like and it's it's literally almost everything but it's because i've i've gotten around to this point where i've started to set some high standards for myself which for the most part is pretty good but i've also intentionally put a lot of work into 
like measuring my my metrics correctly so that I'm not beating myself up too much, right? Like on I use the novel so often just because it's an ongoing project, but I I get in a bad mood if I haven't made good enough progress on that. Yeah. But part of the reason I track my progress is so I can look back like, hey, 13 weeks ago, you you were 31% less done than you are today. Yeah. Like, you know you're going to just, like, keep on grinding through this, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you you can track that progress. So that's not really a fair answer for me, although that's there. Uh, what can I be kinder towards myself for today? I think the answer is the past. I still occasionally will think about things I've done or said or the way I treated people uh, in the past. And like once I think about it, it takes me, like it wrecks me. Yeah. I, like I feel terrible. I, I've i done a lot of therapy work on things around making amends. And like for the most part, I I don't believe, you know, there's there's probably a couple people I could stand to reach out to, but for the most part, I don't think it would make their lives better to hear from me, right? Sure. Yeah. And and so it's just something that like I've got to make my own peace with, and it's really tough because you can't change it, you can't fix it. It's just part of you now. And even though I I know that intellectually, emotionally, when I think about certain certain things certain activities like there's some stuff that makes me almost sick to my stomach i'm right there with you and man. yeah it can so yeah, it could be I triggered to, by like a movie or a song or something and you feel it well up in your stomach and you kind of get a little short breath and it's like that moment even though you're the only one existing in that moment it feels like it could last an eternity you know what i mean yeah yeah, and well, you're not alone because I know exactly how you're feeling or how you feel at times. Well, and that's the thing. I've, you know, I've created spaces. I think we talked about this on uh, episode one about gratitude. You know, I've created spaces to have talked about those things, and it has helped a lot. But man, like it, you do have to like almost out loud, tell your, like alone in a room, like forgive yourself. Yeah. Like, hey, it's okay. Yeah. Like, you're not that person. Yeah. You know, it's, so I think that's just a constant reminder just because even though it, it's today, like life is pretty good today. I feel pretty good today. And can't let some of those past things come up and, and drag me back down. Absolutely, man. That's a good one. Yeah, so that's the question, everybody. What can I be kinder towards myself for today? That's definitely worth five minutes of reflection. Yeah. And then lastly, do All right, man. We're, our weekly, we're here. Our, yeah, we're here at the end. Our weekly shout-outs, huh? <laughs> I love it. Uh, I'll go first. Yeah, man, go ahead. Um, I'm going to shout-out, and in doing so... I'll uh, mention our next episode we have on a friend and uh, photographer, Ryan Varga. Um, Very excited to talk to him about the creative process, 
uh, a little bit of the war of art and doing a side hustle. Um, yeah. You know, he takes his photography very seriously. Um, and so we'll be talking to him on Tuesday. And the reason this is relevant to our recommendations is he is also a huge coffee fan. Like, he's he's the only friend I've... Well, nope, I take that back. He's one of the only friends I've had that when I've gone over to visit him, like, he says, you want some coffee? And I'm thinking, like, yeah, I'll have a hot cup in front of me. And no, it's I'm going to wait about 30 minutes for that cup yeah, of coffee. Yeah, grind it, <laughs> pour over. Yeah. So anyways, I went to the local coffee shop. I'm going to shout out Jubala Coffee because... Uh, Ryan is from North Carolina, but he now lives in Denver, Colorado. And I picked up a bag of counterculture coffee from our favorite local coffee shop, Jubala. And I shipped it to him to say, thank you for coming on the show. Um, and excited to have him, but to pivot to Jubala, they've got a few locations in Raleigh. They have been churning out the business, at least in our location, uh, on Hillsborough Street during COVID. We walk there probably three or four times a week um, in the morning before the day gets going, give Walter a little exercise on NC State's campus. And the people there have always been awesome. Um, they abide by the COVID rules really well. I've seen people try to go in there with masks. They handle it with a plum. Um, they keep masks handy so that people who forgot one, they just take it, burn it. You're good. Um, and they've been awesome. They've been one of the few social outlets we've had during this time and I couldn't be more grateful for them. So if, uh, you know, anybody in the Raleigh area and you're trying to hook somebody up with some gift cards for the season, cannot give a better shout out to a good group of people. there keeping it going. Yeah. They're, um, <clears throat> that one's, there's none that are super close to us, but when we get to North Raleigh, um, the, we always get the, uh, bacon, egg and cheese biscuit phenomenal and the blueberry waffle. Also equally phenomenal. So um, keeping the theme of coffee. So this one's a little bit closer to us, which is why it became it became our favorite. And now we just love it is is Sola Coffee. Uh, they only have one location um, off of Lead Mine. Um, it's kind of like Northwest, Westish Raleigh. And uh, yeah, just I mean, great coffee, great drinks. They've done they've done a similarly fantastic job with, with COVID with the drive through line, uh, you walk up line, etc. Um, they make great breakfast sandwiches. They actually make really good lunch sandwiches, believe it or not, for a coffee shop. Um, they started doing like take home and bake like flatbreads for dinner and uh, really never had anything bad there. Um, it's, it's always our, our stop before like a road trip. We'll grab a nice hot cup of coffee and, and take it on the road. So Sola Coffee, same thing. They got really cool shirts uh, that say, I believe in Raleigh, which is really cool. Um, so the swag's nice and, uh, the coffee's great. So similarly, if, if you're in the area, um, gift cards and tchotchkes and things like that, give them a shot. Yeah, I think there's a debate to be had, but Sola Coffee, you could argue is like the Raleigh coffee shop. 
I think, yeah, and it's only, it's been around, uh, hasn't been around that long. It's just like, I know so many people that like get their swag that need, that make like a weekly or daily, like me and uh, a couple coworkers, we did a weekly Friday meeting there prior to COVID. Um, it's just a great spot. It is. Fantastic. It's a great spot. All right, man. Um, I feel like I want to do like 10 minutes on the value of a local coffee joint. <laughs> I mean, you know, Annie, do you guys go enough? So Annie, Annie calls in and goes enough that they recognize her. Um, are you, are you guys recognized at Jubalo now? Yeah, they know me and Walter. Um, Katie, if Katie and I go together, then, you know, I just go in and get stuff. Um, and if it's me and Walter, like I just wheel him through there with me. But yeah, they, at this point, they know my order, as, you know, assuming it's the, the usual workers, they know my order and know my name. Every now and then I still get a Justin called out for, but oh, yeah, that's we're, all right. we're pretty close. <laughs> that's all right. Um, do you, are you, and then what we can end, um, are you a, just a hot coffee guy or do you go with like an Americano? I just do the drip. Um, if I go somewhere else, I'll mix it up, but I really like Jubala's, Jubala's drip. And it's different than, yeah, it's different than like a Pike place, uh, right? Where they're just burning the crap out of it. But, but no, if I, if I, it used to be when I sat down there, you know, I was like sampling whatever, you know, pour over blend of the week they had, but when it's just a bunch of takeout orders also, it's like, man, churn me through. Yeah, just get me the drip, put it in there. Yeah, yeah. So, what about you? Are you still an Americano man? Dr. Tom's Americano? You know, um, I, I am an Americano man, but recently, um, you know, it's depend. it takes a good barista in the same way that, you know, if you're going to order a cocktail, it takes a good mixologist. And I had kind of hit and miss at different places that we would go to. And so it's, it's, you know, if you're a coffee shop, you should be able to do a nice pot of drip. <laughs> and so usually I'm, I'm, I've pivoted back to the drip coffee. Yeah, that's, <laughs> you feel like that's uh, not too much to ask. You're a coffee shop. Nail your black coffee. If you can't nail just coffee black, uh, you should name yourself something different than a coffee shop. Well, it's uh, slightly related. My best friend from high school, he used to like ordering the burger at almost every nice restaurant he went to because he felt like it was the true measure of the chef's talents. Hey, what can you do with a burger? I I, I can't I cannot knock the logic. Well, you know, he ended up like going to MIT for like finance or accounting. I think it was just like creating a flat baseline for analysis. It's like I have to get the exact same thing everywhere. Gosh, variety is the spice of life. Except for for that guy, he loved the burger. <laughs> uh, who can blame him? Can't blame him. All right, man. Dude, I enjoyed it, man. Um, I'm looking forward to next week and talking to Varga, man. So am I. It's going to be awesome. All right, brother. Always a pleasure. Likewise, man.
Talk to you next week, man. See ya. Later. Thank you.